Hello and welcome to the Simply Real Estate Podcast. I'm here with my wonderful husband, phenomenal husband, Kiki Salcido. Um, and we also have our powerhouse couple, Cassandra and Keith Sandy, um, owners of K2 in the East Mountains. So welcome, guys. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having us. It's uh, an awesome opportunity. Well, I am happy to have you guys on because, uh, you know, we've done... A bit of business together, but I don't think we've had the the chance to actually sit down and talk to you guys. So why are you in real estate? How did this even start? I think it started Cassandra got into real estate. Uh, she was a bank manager and just received like numerous invitations from a guy that had a, a brokerage there in the East Mountains. And he asked her to, to come be a realtor. She kind of wanted to change, wanted a little freedom. So... She started doing it, and after about a year and a half, I think more so on the brokerage, it just wasn't working for her. Um, I was managing a farm, about a 3,000-acre farm during that time, doing all the irrigation and the chemical programs. And so that kind of got to where I didn't have any free time because, you know, from during harvest and all, I was there from sunup to sundown, so... I came home with the grand idea that I was going to do real estate. Um, I think Cassandra's response was, you don't even like people. How are you going to do well in real estate? <laughs> I just did it on a whim, just got my license. And quite honestly, the first year, I don't I don't think I took it serious. I kind of did it like I'm drawing a retirement from the police department. <clears throat> and so I'll just do it as extra money. And then I kind of got the bug and I'm just kind of trying to grow and make everything better. And then... After last year, I had a pretty good year last year. Cass decided she wanted to get back in, and uh, I think there were some questions about our ability to be able to work together, and that (laughs) immediately was cleared up, and I I couldn't be more impressed with what's taking place. Now, what were yours? So when Keith – I know you kind of told us this story. So when Keith was like, yeah, I'm going to get into real estate, what was your reaction to that? Aside from, yes, he doesn't like people, but where were your thoughts on that? Um, It was exactly that. It was just he has that command presence of a police officer. And so they're not as personable in customer service as you would think it would be. Um, So I just had like a different transition for him. And I thought it would be like a little bit rough. And I guess I wasn't as supportive in the beginning and a little bit more worried about it. Um, And then now in hearing his stories and he actually compares it a lot to being on the police department and talking about how it's like being undercover. You got to be a step ahead. You got to, it's very emotional. And so then it kind of actually taught me and kind of helped me understand a little bit more of what, what went wrong my first round in real estate. What do you think really went wrong the first round? I know like you, there was a few things, but what do you think was like the primary of why it didn't work out the first time? Um, I definitely think it was the lack of support through my first brokerage. Um, they were there and, you know, we had meetings and they, you know, like, Hey, just give us a call. But it wasn't really like (sighs) intentional with a plan and like an ultimate goal of what my real estate career should look like, um, under their brokerage. How many sales did you do that first time? I want to say it was maybe seven or eight, maybe I, I know that I ended like 25, like I made a, a salary of 25 K that first year. Okay. Okay. That's still pretty good with no support. We don't know. Like, the real estate school doesn't teach you anything. So if you have no support and you're still able to pull off those deals, that's still pretty impressive. 
I'm sorry. I'm, <clears throat> I'm still very much hung up on the farm. Uh, <laughs> so you, it was how many acres? So it was, it was just over 3,000 acres. 3,000 acres. Mm. So we had a total of, on the main farm, we had 16 center irrigation pivots on the main farm. What are you growing? Everything from, we drew, grew alfalfa, corn, wheat, um, rye, small grains, and we did custom farming for the entire valley. So if farmers had a crop that needed to be harvested and they didn't have the equipment or the time, uh, we would go out and cut and, and, and bale their hay or whatever needed to be done, cut their corn for them, wow. put it up. That's why you're the farmer ranch guy. <laughs> that <makes laughs> That's sense. just that that is in, because what's it like working on a, on a farm? It's, you know, the farm is, you're outside all the time, so I enjoy being outdoors. So that was a big plus for me. Um, I, I think even when I started the police department, I just, I love that hard work. I love to be constantly moving. So that was a plus, but it was, you were there from sun up to sundown and everything was constantly moving. You had, because the farm was so big and I was managing, I had to make sure that employees, no matter where they were, uh, were doing what they needed to be doing. The equipment was up and still running. You know, it's on a farm that big, uh, to be productive and uh, to turn a profit is, you know, if machinery stops, then they're not making money. Yeah. And so you have to constantly be making sure that your operators or machines are running. They're not stopping playing, just playing mess around or having issues. If a machine goes down, you want to get it fixed and up and running right away. Um, we did. It, so it's just a lot of a lot of moving parts that you had to be on top of constantly. Yeah, that's uh, I often joke with my brain and say that I'm a farmer because I have a little bit of land and uh, there's nothing growing just the on concept it. you know like I, I did a, a little what do you call them a raised garden bed yeah. I say I don't even know what it's called and uh, man I grew a lot of weeds like the most weeds that we you had the healthiest grow. weeds in all the land so yeah and that's kind of what I think like as a farmer like you just spend your time weeding but I guess there's just a lot more that goes into it right there so. is and so I manage the chemical program as well so I would spray um, I ran a big John Deere sprayer with a 90 foot boom so it had 45 feet on each side and and I would spray the the big circles 120 acre circles with it I would also do what they call a cumigation plan it's where you're putting chemicals through center irrigation pivots and I would do everything from um, stuff for insects, stuff for weeds, um, microbials, which is just your, to help the soil, um, to adjust your pHs. I would do all of that. Wow. So managed all of that as well. So how has, aside from the driving, how has that translated into real estate? You know, it's, I loved the farm and ranch stuff. So I built a ton of contacts out in the East mountains, uh, with it and, I just, I really love doing the farm and ranch, the large parcels of land um, and the ability to juggle all of that. Um, and, you know, with my transactions and all, and being able to juggle having my farm and ranch um, contracts and then my residential contracts and be able to go back and forth because, um, you know, I'm being an undercover police officer and then also managing the farm. It was just so multifaceted that I can make it was kind of a, a plus for me to come into real estate and have multiple deals going because I can, I have, have that ability in that. And change it up. Mm-hmm, and, and balance it. 
See, now one thing that I, I do love about you guys as a couple is uh, the balance because you are very much like you can talk with an old farm and ranch guy and just kind of you guys talk different than than mm-hmm. us city folk. Right. So uh, and Cass, you know, she has the most bubbly personality and many both seem very thorough. But Cass, what where did you get your personality Sorry, yeah, you could tell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where where'd you get your personality from? Obviously, you had a good upbringing, but um, but how, like, how did you guys meet? Let's start there, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we actually met at a rodeo in Berlin. Of course, you did. <laughs> Berlin. <laughs> yes. Um, so we uh, met one night, and um, it was kind of just like definitely not planned. Um, He went down there with his kids to go watch a friend. Um, I was down there with some girlfriends of mine. And then um, it happened to be um, he was going to send his daughter over to the grocery store to get some cash. And I noticed he was out of beer. And so I decided to buy him a case of beer and, and bring it back into the rodeo for him. And um, his, his famous line was that, uh, go ahead. So she didn't bring it. Back in, she yeah. snuck it in. She had a, walks into the rodeo with this giant purse full of beer and walks up to me. And I've known her maybe five minutes. And and uh, my daughter's like, say, somebody drank all the beer out of the cooler out of the back of the truck. And so then Cass opens her purse. And so my response to her is, I've never loved you as much as I love you right now. <laughs> and it's I'm like mother first sure, sight right there. That's, yeah. Beer and, rodeo. and I think that's what set the hook. She was set after that. <laughs> And that was like mid-July, and we ended up not actually like physically going out until October. Um, And then it kind of just ever since that night, we haven't spent a day apart, really. So how long ago was that? That was 2014, 13, sorry, or 12, 12. Oh, my goodness, 12. I'm all over the place. 10 years. Yes. Yes. Holy moly. And look look at where you are now. I know. Wow. Nope. So you uh, got into real estate. You got out. Mm-hmm. Where? What were you doing in the interim? Um, I worked for the county assessor's office for Torrance County. Okay. I could see how that could probably relate back into real estate. So you never really fully got out of real estate. You just kind of were approaching it at a different capacity. Yes. Okay. Um, what was that like? Boring? No. I'm just kidding for anybody that does that job. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. Um, but anyway, how was it? <laughs> um, so it was actually very entertaining because at the beginning of it, I butted heads quite a bit with the county assessor because I was approaching it from a real estate standpoint versus from the county assessor standpoint for property taxes. And um, it was always kind of a joke that realtors are dumb in the office. And, you know, there's like this battle between the the two offices. Um, and so it was kind of nice to go in there and set like a different tone and explaining like our side of the actual business and like what we deal with, but then also seeing what the county sees from us and sees from people in the industry. And so I could see both sides of the fence and saying, okay, I see where you get that perception from. And then it was kind of like a mission for me to gap it, like to gap that bridge or bridge that gap. I apologize. (laughs) Um, of like the misunderstanding. And then I just took off with all of my learning and was able to say, okay, now I learned a whole other aspect of the real estate side. 
Now, at that time, we were kind of briefly talking. So Keith was in real estate. You were at the Sessor's office. What made the shift and how did you feel about it, <laughs> about your, your jump? How scared were you? And what made the decision to, to move from the assessor's office, I guess? So it was kind of in the, the talks and I kind of just let it go. I didn't want to. I was nervous about I had a good retirement. I had a healthy paycheck. Um, I had I worked four tens. I had holidays off. You know, I got to shut my phone off as soon as I walked out the door. And so I did. I had kind of a hesitation of going back into that what that would look like and what that would look like working with my husband. Um, but really what set the tone was that I was mentally unhappy at work. I um, mentally was giving everything that I could into something that didn't want to change and didn't have like a growth um, mm-hmm. and didn't kind of hold the values that I cared about as um, in customer service or growth or change or anything like that. And I kind of just was wearing myself down with people and politics um, and very small town politics as well. Mm-hmm. And so then it kind of was like, you know what, I'm going to do something else. And that you guys are aware of, I actually had another job. Um, I actually uh, took a very nice position um, with an IT company as a support tech um, for almost the state of New Mexico Arizona, Colorado, um, working on their database programs. And I it was an at-home position. That. Yeah, and it was an at-home position. Hmm. Um, again, very nice, very large increase. Um, but then I fastly found out that I do not belong at home. I do not belong in front of a computer and stuck to a desk where I have to wait for the work to come to me. I need to know what needs to be done. I can get it done, and then I can search for other things to get done. Then it was that final jump. I um, unfortunately had to redo my whole schooling and licensing. I was a month too short. (laughs) So I spent uh, about a month getting all of that done, taking my test. um, And then this time around, I just made the commitment that I was going to shop around for brokerages and figure out um, exactly... If I had to pay money to the brokerage, what was that amount? What was I getting in return for that amount? What was the training like? What was the morale like? What was the reviews like? What was all of that kind of stuff? And that's kind of what changed and went into it and found myself here. Now, you came first, and then we had a lagger for a little bit. (laughs) Um, So how was that when you guys, like, because when Kiki and I first started, I... <clears throat> saw the culture and everything like at Cobalt Banker. And so I was like, I'll go to Cobalt Banker. You can go to Remax. And we were literally going to go to two different brokerages. And then we realized like that kind of is a little bit silly. So how was it where like Keith, when she was like, yeah, I'm going to go to Simply and you're at a different brokerage. Like how, how was that dynamic going to work? Like, what did you guys, like, what were your thoughts on that? So I think for me, it was like, I started at the same brokerage she did at, at uh, there in East mountains and, I think my experience was the same as hers. It was a soup sandwich. So I was just looking for something, a brokerage where I got a little more support, a little more help. And, you know, I didn't, at that time, I didn't really want to be stuck in an office. And that was the brokerage that I came from. They had like mandatory floor time and I didn't want any part of that. So old school. Yeah. And so I went to, um, just kind of like without really digging in, just went to a brokerage that was there in the East Mountains there in Cedar Crest, and they didn't require any of that. And I did fine there. 
And when she went, she's like, nope, I'm interviewing a whole bunch of people. And she did, she put questions out, talked to other brokers, did this typical cast. Cast is the mm. cast is the belt and suspenders of the family. That's what I call her <laughs> belt and suspenders. She's got she's got to have her safety net. And so um she did her background and she's like, I'm signing with Simply. And I was like, good for you. You know, I'm gonna stay where I'm at, you handle yours. And then the more I come around Simply and the more I got to see and I tell everybody Simply's like working in because we both grew up in a small town. We live in in a small town and we know everybody and and so Simply's like working in a small town. You walk into a room and I think the thing that impressed me the most is is that I wasn't even here and I was talking about listings and and people were like, Oh, tell give me the details. I I want I can get that sold for you or I can help you out. I can and so the fact that brokers from another brokerage were like falling over themselves to to help me get my listing sold was super impressive. And that's why I told Cass, I'm going to, I had a farm deal that I needed to get closed. And as soon as that closed, I was coming over here and, and uh, man, it, I don't, I, neither one of us have looked back as we, it's been, it's been phenomenal. Yeah. You guys have been like, you guys came over what, technically what, December, January of this year? I was January year. one. Yeah. Yeah. And you were like right before basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you guys, I have absolutely. What do you guys have going right now? So I guess big picture landscape is, is, um, gosh, we have, we were just talking on the way over here. I think we have 12, 12 under contract. One of them is, uh, my farm listing, uh, $2 million farm listing. We have, um, obviously with the help of, of one of the brokers here on the team is, is we have, we're able to broker some big leases, that $12 million lease. And we're, on the, we've got another one presented. Uh, it's gonna be if it's accepted, like a fourteen million dollar lease. And then Cass and I have all of our residential and land stuff that is going. It's just, I, I don't know. It's like the real estate gods are shining on us for sure here at Simply. So, but I think that just goes to uh, the culture that's here at the team. Cass and I are love hard work. You know, we love that that grinding, um, and so. I think that's what we're really drawn to is is the fact that there are other grinders and they push us, you know, I'm very competitive and Cass is competitive. So I think that that drives us to to be better. Totally. I think that's crazy because when you guys were telling, I was like, what are your numbers? Like we have 12 under contract and we have like potentially like 16 million. I was like, what? Um, what? <laughs> You're like three months in with a new company, basically like regenerating like the business. And you guys have like literally superseded like other brokers that do that for years. I mean, the amount of that you got, the deals that you guys have done in the past, I feel like you guys are going to be basically doing what you did your entire real estate career in like a half a year. I'm impressed that in three months you guys basically have pending what we did all of last year. So that's, that's nuts. Right. So uh, just the, the explosive growth from you guys. And, you know, I like what you said, uh, We've felt since we started real estate, you know, we've been we've excluded ourselves from the the overall community simply because you know we're married. We're not you know young kids going out and we're boring drinking and having a good time. Uh, <laughs> we uh, so for us it was just about the work. It was about grinding, and every time you know we as we start growing the team. That was what we fell into is, you know, kind of to touch on what you were saying as far as like, you know, you you put in everything you can and 
nothing really changes, right? And so that's kind of what it felt whenever we would get some of these new team members and they didn't want it, right? They didn't love the grind. They, they you know, they you weren't like it. you that, you know, just like enjoys hard work. Um, and we enjoy that. Like for us, a, 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 a beautiful weekend would be us just grinding on our laptops, right? Um, Sadly. So it feels good to find other people and, uh, you know, you find your tribe eventually in life. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like after you guys have joined that band, like I am so excited for the future. Like just with the the deals we have going on, the the mindset that you guys have and, and that we share, I think there's like this podcast for you guys listening to it. You know, this is uh, the start to something pretty amazing. We're all going to be in history books. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, and that goes back to what you said is um, being here at the end of quarter one is just that is focusing on what your daily activities are, who you are surrounding yourself with. Are you um, feeding your mind? Are you are you growing? Because if not, then it is just stagnant. And so um, I think that is honestly what has given us that in the last three months is just that we had made a decision um, to commit to that and to say, you know, we're going to we're going to grow, we're going to learn, we're going to try. And at this point, one of the things is just action. You don't learn unless you have action. And so whether that's failing, succeeding or whatever, um, that's what's gotten us to this point. And that's the huge success is honestly is who you surround yourself with and what are you, you know, feeding and taking yourself in with. And I had said to you guys, like, I think I texted you super late at night because we text late at night. Um, I was said to you, like, you know, I love that you guys are here because um, you guys have finally, I don't even remember what I said. Do you remember what I said? Where I was like, you guys gave us what we were looking for because we were like, you know, running our heads into the ground because we were like what Keith, like um, Kiki was saying, we had people, but we wanted it more than they did. And it would frustrate the heck out of us because we gave them everything under the sun that they needed. And they would just kind of like dilly dally and do a couple deals here and there. And that's they didn't have the drive that we did. And so I think when we got you guys, we got Rob, we got the new team that we have right now. It like rejuvenated us because for a while we were like, we're over it. Honestly, we were just like, we're not going to do this. He and I were like, we're packing up the team. It's going to be he and I with a bunch of admin, not dealing with agents and wasting our time wanting it more than they do. And then you guys came along and we're like, we got our excitement back for the excitement back for the team (laughs) and moving around and doing things. So what are your thoughts on that? I mean, we were going to shut down the whole thing and just kind of focus on the brokerage. And uh, I know that I talked to you guys about that before you guys kind of joined and, you know, having the opportunity of working with you guys definitely rekindled all of that. And I I feel a totally different fire and um, it's going to be fun. Whenever you got into real estate, were you saying like, I'm going to get into farm and ranch or was the residential just kind of what was available at the time? So I am. So I guess to, to answer that, I have to go way back. So, uh, when I became a police officer, I remember getting through the academy and getting on the road. And it wasn't very long before I decided I wanted to do homicide. And so that was my goal. And so I knew it took me another three years to get into homicide. I did homicide for a while. And then um, after I did homicide for a while, I started learning about tactical. And I'm like, that's my goal. And it took me two years to get into tactical. And so 
Um, then I lateral over to APD and APD had this unit called the repeat offender project. And it was this, uh, invitation only kind of unit. You just didn't get to test for it. They asked you, and it was, um, an undercover unit that did like violent criminals. They just, they did all kinds of different undercover tactics. And it was a bunch of SWAT guys and you had to have special backgrounds and, and, I said, that's where I'm going to retire out of. And I love the repeat offender project. And so I chased that forever. And finally I got into rope and I did retire out of rope. Same thing. When I got into real estate, my goal was to do farm and ranch because I wanted to do it, but I didn't, I had the contacts, but I didn't have, I guess I didn't have somebody teaching me how to get in front of those people and show them my worth. And so it took me some time to, to get out there and I, I could just got the break, you know, just one guy just walked up to me that I knew I've known him for years. And he walked up to me and said, I want you to list my farm. And I didn't even, it was just kind of set up. He just walked up to me and it, it played out. And once I got it sold, it was just land after land and farm after farm. It just started coming. And so I just needed to be able to get in front of those people, but it was always my goal. And it was my focus kind of just like my career. I always I have that goal and I want to get to it and, you know, I think my next goal is, is, is I want to be a QB. I want to, I want to teach like younger brokers how to do that. All the stuff that it took, I had to learn on my own. Like I want to teach young brokers and I think teaching them how to, to enjoy the strikeout, you know, cause that's what real estate is. There's a lot of striking out, man. So I, I think that that's what's Cass and I's strong point is, is that just to teach to, or just that both of us understand that, it doesn't feel good to hit a home run unless you struck out a couple of times, you know, you got to learn how to win only through your losses. So I think that's, but that's how I build myself is, is just having that goal and, and just, I know when it's going to take a long time to get to. So you're obviously very uh, goal oriented. Now, whenever you set a goal, do you have milestones to get to that goal or is it just kind of something that sits in the background and you magically get to do you like set a roadmap? No, I I never have. I've never set a roadmap to stuff. I've just always, I'm just, I consider myself a grinder. I'm a grinder. Like I know I have that milestone. I have that goal. And I'm like, I just keep working. And I do, I try to take advantage of every little thing that comes along to get me there. But I don't have this point where like, I'm going to try to get, you know, hit point A and point B all the way till I get to my goal it's just like, I just put my, I feel like I just put my head down and just keep working until, and keep pushing until I get that goal. I, I I've never been a, a checkpoint, checkpoint kind of guy. How do you approach that Cass? Are you the same way or you seem like you'd be very much a checklist type of person? <laughs> yes. So I am more of the planner. Let's try to figure this out. Let's do X, Y, and Z and, <clears throat> and go from there. Um, I have learned, though, um, being married to him, that that's not always the case. And sometimes life just doesn't give you that that luxury of it going as checking the box and it going smoothly. Um, but now we kind of have our goals a little bit more. Um, we have it strategic, but we also have it very open to kind of what's going on with life and where is life taking us. Do you guys have a particular goal for this year? Mm hmm. Oh yeah. I see his eyes. Like, mm -hmm, oh, yeah. I do. What I got goals. <laughs> so I'll Cass and I, I'll tell you my goal is for, for us is, is that I have a couple is, is one, 
Um, I what I did last year, Cass and I've already done in the first quarter. So I want my goal is is to uh, finish this this year. I sh- we should be three and a half times of what I what I grossed last year, and so that's my goal one. And two is is like I really want to take a more active role in this team. Like I want a goal of like helping like the younger brokers learn and and just teach them the the little things that you never really know until you screwed something up or or you finished a deal and look back at it and say, oh, I could have done that differently. Like I really my goal is is just to be. I want them, the younger brokers to call and ask and just be that guy. For those of you that, that obviously you can't see, but whenever Keith was saying all that, man, his eyes lit up. Like <laughs> the, the passion behind this guy is, is, it fuels my passion. So I love that. Well, and I think that kind of goes back to like what you were saying, Kiki, that um, you're like, well, why the farm? And like, did you have a goal in the farm? Did you do that? Um, I think like once he said that customer had approached him and asked him about the farm, um, he was able to take something that he had knowledge in and that he had confidence in. And then he was able to utilize it and you could see it like in him when he was doing that transaction. Um, And one of the things that he kind of left out was that originally he wasn't going to be a cop. Um, He went to Clarington um, in Texas for agricultural science um, and was going to do more of like the actual ranch style stuff. And so I think part of it kind of feeds into that natural want of what he did before he became a cop. Um, And you can just see the confidence, um, in him. And then I think it does go back to, like you were saying earlier, it takes a different set of posture to talk to farmers, um, whether they're, you know, very large farmers to very small town farmers to that. It's a very different culture. Um, and he holds that very well. And I think the other thing is, is that he doesn't do emotion very well and farmers are very business and matter of fact. And so that's really in his wheelhouse. And I think that's where he thrives in it. And so then once it happened, he was just kind of like, oh my goodness, this is where I belong because he was confident within it and you could just see it. What was that shift that made you become a cop? Uh, so that was one of those, it's, it's kind of crazy, it's stupid. Um, we, I had... A daughter, she was six months old, and I was driving a truck just to pay the bills and try to get, um, just get through. And, um, and when I mean a truck, I, I mean a semi. And so I was like, this isn't going to pay the bills, man. I need, I need insurance. I got a daughter, and she, I've got to provide for her. My dad was a police officer, he retired from the Albuquerque Police Department. So, um, I remember saying to myself, I'm never going to be a cop, but I'm done. I never want to be a cop. And then I remember sitting at a light in my semi and this state police had a commercial and they're like, are you looking for a career in law enforcement? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and I remember, answering, I remember answering the stupid questions on the radio. Like you see in TV. Yes. <laughs> then, you know, the Mexico state police is conducting their testing. And so I thought, well, I've got a, I have to go up by the state police office on my way back out of town. So I'll stop. And I stopped and I parked my truck in the street and walked in and the guy goes, are you ready to test? I'm like, sure. Yeah, whatever. Be here tomorrow. 
He said, you got to run a mile and a half. And I was like, I have never run a mile and a half at that, <laughs> at that point. I about killed myself. But it was just one of those things where door after door just kept opening. And I made it to the Peace Academy. And it was more a drive to have the insurance, to have steady pay so that I could provide for, for my daughter during that time. And then I just got, like with real estate, I just got the bug and that was it. So it was all the opportunities and actually moved on it. I love that so many people do not, I, I don't love that so many people don't. I love that you did it, but so many people do not uh, move, right? I mean, like there, there's so many signs out there that, you know, you could change your life. It could be for the positive and so many people don't. And you did. And you did it for your daughter. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the point. I, thanks. It's, I'm gonna need a bigger set of headphones to my big head <laughs> after Cass talking and you talking about me. Uh, so I I think though that that's the key to the success of Cass and I's marriage, and I see it becoming the key to success in um, in our business. Is that both of us are like you just we just throw it all to the wind, and even though I can see the fear in Cass's eyes when we where I was like let's do it. Let's do real estate. She's like, we don't have money coming in. I'm like, it's going to come in. Don't worry. It'll be here. And so, but she's, she's that support where, you know, like you can see, you ask her what her goals are and what does she do? She talks about me and I'm like, no, she's, she's a great cheerleader. She's amazing. And so I think that is, is definitely a key to our success is just jumping and moving towards what, what life has to offer. And, also being each other's cheerleaders. I think that's so important that you guys both jump because like how many marriage, how many people do you know one will do the jump and the other one won't and it just like hinders both of them. So I think that the successful couples, they're on the same page and they're willing to do that and that's those are the ones that wind up To support the, the cheerleader aspect yeah. of it, that is so big and having an open mind uh, because different opportunities come and you might not both be on the same page, but if one person agrees, then, you know, mm -hmm. it's definitely worth a, a shot. So that's kudos to you guys. No, it was just, um, I have to give a lot of credit, um, to like the rawness of our relationship. Um, and I think that's what it is, is that you just, you have to find those people. You have to find those business partners and stuff that you can be a hundred percent raw with. Cause if you can't, then, you can't get through the hurdles. You can't get through the good times. And so mm -hmm. it's more important of the hard times more than the cheerleading moments of the great ones. And that's a lot of honestly, I think of where it's gotten us is being able to be raw with each other and have those hard conversations and everything. Mm -hmm. Now, <clears throat> what made you guys decide like so you dove in together? What made you decide like, OK, cool, like I want to, you know, potentially like grow a team because I know that, you know, that's kind of the goal of what you guys are doing, you know, East Mountains is we want to kind of continue that growth and train other agents and get your qualifying broker license and to take K2 East Mountains and like actually do something substantial out there. What was it that like made you guys kind of decide to do that as opposed to just kind of winging it on your own? So I think if we go back to Kiki's first question was kind of like, who's Cassandra? Mm -hmm. One of my things was, is that, um, I owe a lot of who I am and my worth ethic to my dad. And then my second portion is, is I own my customer service to Wells Fargo. 
Um, I had a career path. I was climbing the ladder. I was a young service manager. I had a goal of where I was going. Um, and it was all customer service oriented. Mm-hmm. I had it figured out. I'm confident in it. Um, I know where I need to grow. I know where I'm. my strengths are. And so I think once I took a different route and it wasn't necessarily the route that I was heading towards with the um, the IT program and the county assessor's office and stuff, once we got here, we saw what you guys had created and kind of like, honestly, like you guys already failed. So it was kind of like, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. Like we know kind of some of the do's and don'ts. And then on top of it, we're in partnership with you guys. So then we have even more like foundation and bricks are already built for that team. And so essentially we were like, well, if we're going to get into this business together and we're going to, you know, cut the ties of the safety net of a regular paying job in retirement, that we're going to also have to find supplemental income, you know, that there's nothing guaranteed in this business with market and interest rates and jobs. And if COVID shows up again, you know, like those sort of things was that we wanted another source of um, income. And it was kind of just going back to you guys is saying that, you know, it's obviously it can be done. Um, but how do we get there? How do we do it correctly is what we decided to kind of commit to. And then I can go back and go do my customer service at the same time in working with brokers of what does it look like to handle clients and what does it look like to handle other brokers? It, uh, <laughs> pay takes too long period in real estate. And that's yeah. what Cass gets wrapped up on that. She worries about, you know, we have this, like you said, we have so much impending and I'm like, just, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, you know? And so me, I'm just like, let's just take the next challenge. And that's why I was excited to start looking at the commercial stuff. And Kiki to ask me about that. Mm-hmm. Cause that's just another opportunity to, for us to grow. Right. And we only grow in our struggles. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's a struggle for me to learn commercial and, and do everything but yeah but you like dove in and you guys you and rob have like what, what is it like it's close to 26 like 20, just yeah yeah rob and i have close to 26 million and you guys just dove in just like no let's try this let's, let's see if this works and go all that under so contract. i think working on a farm might have been a little beneficial for you huh? it may have been and i think okay. just positivity you know what i'm saying like that's what I love that's about what this Rob team. Brings a Rob, lot yeah. of his mm-hmm. positivity. He, I love his mindset. He, he does, and, and you know he. So if I had friends that listen to this podcast, I'm definitely going to get some ribbon for it. But um, like Rob is like, I get up in the morning and I listen to podcasts, and I you know and I meditate and I focus and I manifest my day. And I was like, damn, there's got to be something to that because this kid's got something special. Mm-hmm. You know, you see it in him, um, and then. So I started looking into that, you know, writing affirmations. I started looking at manifesting your day and meditation and podcasts. And I do that every morning. And, you know, it's a, it was a, a like a light switch, you know, because I'll tell you to be transparent is, is the first probably five weeks of being here. I like, remember. I was, Freaking. I was struggling, man. I couldn't <laughs> get, I, I couldn't even get anything into pending. I, it was just, everything was failing and falling apart. And I was like, I was starting to question myself because I did really good last year just on my own with nobody helping me. And now I got everybody helping me and supporting me and I couldn't, I couldn't get it right. And so, um, I talked to Rob and I sat down and I kind of reevaluated where I was at and, uh, started doing all that stuff that he presented to me and man, it just started rolling. It just, and so it's part of my morning. And, and so I, I give a bunch to Rob for, for bringing that positivity. And, and I, I think he is a big reason why 
I push so hard is because is it's just, you know, he's just a lot of fun, brings a lot to the table. And, yeah. and I want to, I want to emulate what he has because I see his potential for success and in, in just in his mindset. Oh, totally. It's so funny. Cause, uh, <clears throat> man, everybody I talk to whenever you bring up like affirmations and meditation and stuff. And I mean, like there's different words for it. We just use those words for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like intention is the exact same as meditation mm-hmm. or, or affirmations. Right. Um, but it's funny whenever you talk to people and they're like, oh, that's, oh, you're meditating, right? And that it, they have this negative perception on it. But whenever you talk to people that like do it often, they have a totally different life and a different like perspective. Mm-hmm. And so there is something to it and you just have to be open. Um, but yeah, no, I I totally vibe on that. That's Yeah, yeah it's, it's uh, like I said, there's the guys that, even one of the baseball coaches that I've coached with for years, <laughs> we were talking about it and he's like, yeah, I can see you. And he had his little fingers up in the air and sitting in me. I'm like, it's not like that, man. I don't know I'm saying. I'm not, I don't have a little rug that I lay out on. Or anything like that, you know? I know, I couldn't imagine that. Oh, my God, I would die. Incense burning in the house, you know. And no, I don't know that. It's, man. it's just music. It's just, so for me, the meditation for me is, is just getting up in the morning and I sit quiet and I get on, I sit at the edge of my, my chair in my living room and and I just, I focus on, being positive, like part, I have a mantra that I say about positivity and then I go into, and I started doing it, manifest your day, manifest your week, manifest your month, manifest your year. And I do it every morning. And, um, man, it, what you say and what you begin to manifest, like I'm going to put two in pending this week. And Cass and I have done about two, two a week, uh, for the last couple of weeks we've been. And so it's just, it comes as a result of doing that. And so I, I don't care what anybody says about it. It, it works, man. I exactly. dig it. Let them think it's silly, right? We'll take advantage of it. Yeah, no, yeah. I'll, no. I'll take that. There's up. a power in it. It's, it's yeah. insane. Once you actually key in on it, like you realize what you can actually do. Well, and we've taken advantage of, um, we also joined a, um, like a business personal, like coaching group. Um, that's like outside of the state. Mm -hmm. and kind of interacted with um, other people. And so there's a lot that's been learning in there. And the main coach um, has like, he takes the four P's um, and it's power production, passion, and purpose. And it's basically taking like, you know, it's your body, it's your relationships, your mind, and your business. And those are your four focuses. Um, And then within that group, we have... um, joined up with a guy named AJ Ackerman out of Florida and he's a very successful real estate agent and he is now creating his own real estate um, mastermind and everything and just working through that um, and seeing surrounding yourself with people that are making it happen and like what is it that's making that and all of those come about is how do you control your mind Um, and like you said everything is mindset and I don't think people realize how powerful and how much your mind means to you on a daily basis. And if you don't have control of it, there's really no point in anything. Um, And so that's kind of like where we've been focusing and what's been really driving and teaching us. I know you sent me a quote from the guy and now I get all the ads on my social media. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, for Sean Whelan for the for the dinner. No, that was for Andy Frisella. The Andy, Andy Frisella, yes. Yeah. And he's just again, he's that very raw. And that first, you know, you sit there and yeah, they're kind of arrogant, they're loud, they're a bunch of rich guys, but when you sit there and listen and just break down the core values that they have, it's crazy how the simplest things. And it, then you in this group, there's millionaires, there's um, uh, billion dollar people out there in a ton of in, um, industries that we have access to. And it literally comes down to those things. What are your daily like morning habits, your nightly habits? Are you eating clean? Are you taking care of yourself? Do you have a meditation routine? Do you have a journaling routine? Like it all changes, but they're all set in some sort of mind and body and structure. Yeah. And that's the key to success. And it's sometimes just those littlest things. Yeah, and I think uh, throughout history, right, we've have had different ways to fix your brain and your soul because life wears you down. And so um, you don't have to make fun of people if you're meditating, Christina. I just don't understand it. My brain just goes too fast. I can't do He's no. had me try a billion times even with like music, guided meditation, a TV with meditation. My brain's just too all over the place. It will not shut the heck up. So mine is the same way. And it took me, it took me a solid month of doing it every day because I would be breathing and trying to focus. And then I'd be like, it squirrel. Yes. You know? And so <laughs> I get it. And so, but it, it's just like anything else you do. You know, you don't, you don't get stronger and better in the gym by showing up one day and then, you know, lift one weight and walk out and then you're jacked. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it took me 30 days to be able to uh, figure out how to control it, you know, and I'll have those thoughts where they jump in my head about, oh, you got to call this guy or send this email or what have you. And then um, just happened. and then what I do is I'll say, nope, I'll breathe in. I'm like, with the, you know, I have to tell myself with this breath, you know, I'm just going to clear my mind. And so and I have to reel myself back in. And so it I, I think where it's helped me, honestly, is it's like I talked about the striking out is it it adds so much positivity that i i really embrace that where you you lose the deal where or a deal terminates or or you lose out on an offer because you get beat out on something stupid you know you and so like i'm now i'm calling agents if i if i'm list out on a deal i'm calling them why did i lose out tell me what my purchase agreement looked like compared to the others and i start asking all kinds of questions and other agents get irritated with you because you're like a little kid why 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 oh, no, but yeah. but i think through that the meditation of focuses is that i've and and the positivity is that when i lose it's i know it's just setting me up for that next win and so mm -hmm. uh, because there's so much at stake with with a win you know that's why I, I really dug in and tried to learn how to be positive and focus on meditation. And it comes through, it didn't come overnight. So I, I do have a busy mind. My, my mind's constantly going, you know, and so I, I really had to teach myself to be still. And it was, it was huge for me, pivotal for me. Seeing as Usain Bolt said, it took him four years to run nine seconds, right? So it does take a lot of time to do it. And uh, I was watching this other video. In fact, you were watching it, and you told me about it, about uh, the, water. the water holding a cup. And that's exactly what meditation is, right? If you're holding a cup of water, I mean, right at that moment, right, it doesn't weigh anything, or it doesn't weigh much. 
if you hold it for 24 hours, mm-hmm. it's going to be very hard to hold. And it's the same with, you know, a bad experience or a thought, right? A negative thought. It's the longer you hold on to it, the heavier it gets. So put the cup um, down. Yeah. Yeah. That's what meditation is, right? Put put that thought away and just breathe it out and I'm a regroup. festerer. Well, and I think that's just the rule for real estate in itself is yeah. this that I see a lot of realtors that just get hung up on a, I can't get a deal except it. I how can it and you see it all the time. Almost every day I can't get I can't get anything under contract. I can't, I can't, I can't. And you're manifesting you know, your reality at that absolutely. point. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You're not putting that cup down. You know what I'm saying? Like it just you, it's gonna come. Just be positive, you know, just find out what what caused all the can'ts and then turn it to a can. And so, but I think that if more realtors would kind of just do that instead of getting hung up on on the negative of oh this market sucks but no the market really doesn't suck you know it's really a good market to be in right now and and uh, we're having a lot of fun at this fast paced roll and I know it's not going to last forever but you got to take the cans and turn them into cans and and so it's that's that's hard though yeah it takes a lot of mental mm-hmm. it is hard a lot of mental struggle and a lot of mental training it's super hard to stay unemotional. <clears throat> That's my thing. Like on the listing side, every single time I have a listing and we go under contract, I have to tell five to 15 people that they lost. Mm-hmm. So I like, you know, the last deal I had, that's literally there were nine offers and I had to tell eight people, by the way, I know you all wrote letters. I know you all have kids. You're a single mom with a you know three-year-old. Like I have to tell you, no, you lost. And mm-hmm. I hate that. And I have to like literally just turn off the emotion because I got so like <clears throat> multiple times now. Like, so upset that I'm like, oh, I really want them to take this offer, but it nets my seller $15,000 less. So it's really not a good offer for him, but I feel bad for these people. And it like that takes a toll on you. And that's why I kind of got like a little bit burned out a little bit because you do take, because there's people, you're dealing with people's lives. And I think that's where you have to switch it back to the same thing for yourself. If this wasn't meant to be, it wasn't meant to be. Mm -hmm. And you just got to believe that this is a closed door to open another one. And we got to look at that Mm -hmm. for our clients or for other people's um, clients as well. And that was my biggest mindset is that I was like, well, that can't happen. That can't happen. We can't do that. We can't be millionaires or we can't, we can't produce that much. And then like all of a sudden this happened and I was like, okay, now why can't we, you know? And I'm like sitting here and, um, again, kind of going back to the, the group that we joined, um, with the lions and hearing these people's stories and where they came from, I had a whole different persona on it and being an entrepreneur and being um, in business for myself or creating another business or making a side hustle or however you want to go about it was just so rough and so hard. And it just you had to have so much money to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. And in the reality of it, it is just your mindset and the hard work. And it's that action that you choose to do or not to do Mm -hmm. for those days. And I think that's just what I had to do is as soon as I get that thought is, no, what can we do? How can we, you know, and then it's having people, you know, like I was completely frustrated the other night and Christina's like, Hey, I think you need to play with sugar instead of vinegar right now. And I, all I wanted to do was play with vinegar and gasoline, (laughs) but essentially taking it and turning it, um, to sugar was like the greatest thing that happened. Um, and so just changing it and flopping it, I think, is always the hardest part. But you just have to choose to do it. Mm-hmm. And no matter what anybody says, you have total control of it at the yeah. end of the day. There's right. no excuse to not control your own mind. Right. And that, I think that 
like to go back to where you're like, I got to tell eight people and I got to, you know, that's hard for me because it, it emotionally is draining. But honestly, so you look at the positive side of that, that's what makes you a really good realtor, you know, is, um, that, that you have that compassion. And I was, it's funny cause I was thinking about that last night. I have, um, I have some, a family that they sold their house in Arizona. They've been living out of a hotel and we got beat out on a couple offers and man, it was starting to, I really, really just wanted to get these people out of a hotel. And so there's, which is, there's that balance. I had to kind of take myself back and say, okay, there's a balance between emotionally involved, mm. but at the same time, being able to emotionally disconnect yourself. And so that's what makes you good is that you do that. Like, I know you get off the phone and you jump around and you throw things and you say, <laughs> yep. you say a lot of bad words and all, but that's, mm -hmm. but that's the emotional disconnect, right? So I, I think that's what makes you a good realtor is that, that you are so emotionally connected to even the people that aren't on your side. You know, yeah. you've got the sellers and the buyers come, you're still emotionally connected to those people. And, and that's, that's a key to success. And that's the positive of, of it, you know? I think just maintaining <clears throat> like good relationships and like, yeah, just Keeping not being a jerk. Yeah. yeah. Cause even like the people that lost out, like I will tell like how you say like, what did I do wrong on the purchase agreement? How did I lose? When I, when I write back to the brokers, I say, Hey, by the way, this is what won. Mm -hmm. Here's what you did. So if they need to go back to their buyers and say, Hey, you can't go list price or Hey, you can't do X, Y, and Z. They have somebody that has concrete evidence that's going to help that buyer win later. So like every time I have multiple offers, I will send that email. And I, if I can divulge terms, I'll say, this is what won. Thank you guys so much. You know, I wish you guys all the best. You know, the seller thanks you, blah, blah, blah. And I think with that, having the humanity, it's a lot easier for me to work with other agents and they bring me good offers and they know that I'm going to talk to them. And I will, mm -hmm. it's basically a win-win mm -hmm. for everybody, whether they win or lose the deal, because they'll still get something out of it to bring to their buyers. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really important that we need to do as a real estate community is to be able to like teach others or help others achieve what they're doing. You know, even mm -hmm. if it's aside from yourself. There's not a lot of that in this <clears throat> no. industry. There's not a lot of other, it's like, it's like competing teams. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and, and so I see that a lot. I see a lot of brokers that are from other um, brokerages. They just don't even, they won't communicate with no. you. No. They don't want they to don't communicate. Want to. They, and, but that's how they were taught, right? But that's, uh, that's, I guess that would be a long-term goal of mine is, is to, to, to change that, um, or in. against each other mindset. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're so, a team through that transaction. And even if you don't do the transaction together, you're going to do a deal with them at some point. You're right. Start or you hope to, right? Foot. Like, you know, I <laughs> want to take every opportunity to educate anybody if, if the opportunity presents itself. Right. So, uh, the pay it forward mentality is sadly, I, I think it's a dying mentality. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think if we could rekindle that, like the industry, not only our industry, every industry would be better mm -hmm. because we're helping people that are going to be taking over our job eventually, right? So why not help them? Right. Mm -hmm. And and that's mm -hmm. where, like even reading listings and stuff, I'll read a listing and I'll see a mistake from a realtor. You know, I read one last night where they're like, the mobile home has been moved more than twice, cash only, can't be financed. And I'm like, and so I emailed that realtor a list of uh, lenders that I know will lend on a mobile home that's been moved more than once. And so I think... I'm not trying to break my arm, pat myself on the back, but I think that if more, more of us did that, that this, you know, this 
this area would be, it'd be a lot easier to work in. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we could, we could accomplish a lot more for our buyers and sellers uh, by doing that. And more value, right? Because if that agent doesn't <coughs> know that, they're only doing it as cash. What if they never get a cash sale, but they could have gotten 10 buyers that could finance it? Right. And it's just, it stinks because people, a lot of times people don't want to go and find the knowledge. And it's that's a lack of resourcefulness. I was about to say lack of resource. No, lack of resource. Lack of, lack of resourcefulness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we're going to change the industry. Um, that's right. <laughs> Right, and I think that's one thing you said to me in the beginning is 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 let's uh, <clears throat> let's turn this market on its head. Yeah, and I was like, yes, hell yes, let's do it, man. I don't know what that looks like, and I don't know how I'm going to do it, but let's but do mean, it. We're going to make yeah, it happen because it sounds fun. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It sounds fun. Let's do it. And so I, I think I agree, and I think that's why Cassidy are on fire is because that one statement is is let's turn this market on its head. Let's do it. Let's let's disrupt what's. What's the, the norm? Cool. Fuck yeah, we're definitely doing that. That's I love that. Um, so uh, we've definitely gone on for a while. So, uh, <laughs> I do appreciate you guys uh, talking <clears throat> with us. Uh, every time I talk to Keith, I just sit there and listen for one of his his sayings. Yes. So I think we got, we got a, a lot. Of we got a few this time. We got a lot of them. Give us one of like your favorite. Oh, uh, my favorite one associated to real estate. My favorite one in cast cringes every time I say it. And so it's uh it's a reference to when you have a really nice house surrounded by a bunch of really crappy yes! That was my favorite. You know, or you got the single wide. It's a really nice house with a whole bunch of single wides around it. Mm-hmm. It's a diamond and a goat's ass. Love it. <laughs> and I say that to my clients. And Cass, when it starts to come out, you can see the fear in her eyes. Like I want to, <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, I've had everything from high end to just regular uh, people, and up. they think it's great. A oh, diamond and a goat's ass. And I think it's great because it shows it. like that you're just a real person, right? <laughs> you're not a salesman. You're just you're real, and that's what I think people love about you. And I think every conversation you have at least one, Rob and I were talking about just like having like a camera, like a, just so we can catch them. And just have a reel of just like keep saying, like back to back. For just, <laughs> just keep, yeah. So. All right. Well, we could talk all day. We could. To you guys. Well, thank you so thank much. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and thank you guys for uh, having this long conversation with us. We definitely enjoyed it. Um, check out our podcast for those listening. Um, you're, listening to the podcast check out our youtube channel our uh, social media instagram facebook uh i think we got a linkedin now we got a commercial division on the linkedin so Sweet. Uh, check us out more content to come love you guys have a good one keep killing it in business mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. over thank you, and out thank you